when I found out I sat on my couch for two months and I stared at the wall, like it really, I mean, it breaks everybody, but it really, I struggled with it a lot. And I think I just froze. I think I just shut down. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 68. You must be a podcast listener. There are a host of resources that is growing every day for the NPE. And have you heard of Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis? She was a guest on NPE Stories back on episode 59, I believe. And it was called Eve's Story. And she is a host of her own podcast. She had me on her podcast, and it is a great one. It has a different tone than this podcast, and she is really funny. She's casual. She's likable. She's a great human, and she has a great podcast. So make sure you listen to Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis. And there are even more podcasts coming on board for our community. I will mention these every episode. There are books, magazines, Facebook support groups. I'm going to be highlighting these as the weeks go on. And thank goodness we're getting more content for our little community. And for you podcast listeners, you are listening to NPE Stories. And today we have an NPE. I am speaking with Sasha. Hi, Sasha. Hi, Lily. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you really well. I will just make note that the audio might be a little different this episode because I am on a road trip of the Southwest United States. And I did not bring any of my audio equipment or my microphone. So sorry if the audio is a little different this week. It'll be back to normal in future episodes. (laughs) But Sasha, you are the first NPE I think I've ever spoken with that has not made any contact with your biological family. Is that, is that still the case? Well, um, yeah, when we spoke, um, when I originally decided I wanted to do this, that was the case. And actually from listening to the podcasts and kind of going through the process that I think a lot of people go through, I did reach out. I didn't make contact, but I, I did actually, as a result of your podcasts, I did kind of take action. So um, it didn't go anywhere, but but yeah, I actually did wind up doing that. You did. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to hear your story today. So tell me a little bit about your original family and what your childhood was like. Sure. So um, my parents were married really young. They were 18. Um, 
teenagers. My mom got pregnant with my older brother. Um, I'm one of three, um, middle child, the only daughter. Um, and so my parents were married really young and, um, they were married for 12 years. Um, being married so young, we kind of, we had like the party house growing up. My parents' friends were always over, um, nothing, you know, nothing horrible going on. But I, I mean, I remember waking up as a kid and there were always like friends over and we played with my parents' friends. They all thought it was cool. We were the little kids, um, which will actually spiral into kind of what happened down the road. But obviously their, their marriage didn't last for very long. Um, my, there were affairs and things like that. And eventually they would split up. Um, my father actually wound up, um, falling in love with my mom's younger sister and they wound up getting married and um, they had a child. So then there were four of us. Um, my mom, she, we, we were, we were, women. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I just have to clarify that. So is your, your, is, so your dad married your your aunt and Correct. that became your stepmom. Yes. And they had a child together. Correct. So yeah. your your half sibling is also your cousin? Correct. Correct. Um, okay. I'm <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. No. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank yeah. you. Okay, yeah. keep going. Um yeah, so sorry I say that's so normal because I guess it's been my life for a long time. Um but yeah. it is a lot. Um yeah. So, and oddly enough, my mom, um, unfortunately, she grew up in an abusive household. She, I think, you know, just was never really strong enough to deal with the things she was dealing with. On top of that, she actually, um, she left. You know, we saw her occasionally, but really we were raised by my father and my stepmom or my aunt. Um and we grew up in that house um, with my three siblings now, one half and my my two brothers. Um, there was definitely a, it's, it's so funny. And I, you know, I wouldn't bring this up, except that it, I think it's important for later on in the story. There was definitely a sibling rivalry when I think my, you know, my stepmom being my mother's younger sister, there was like a competitive thing going on. So there was definitely a competition with the kids in terms of, especially me and my sister, um, and kind of where I placed compared to her in the family. Like I was always different. I, my, my father wasn't really allowed to show us, um, love or, I mean, he was there and he, he did the best he could, but there was definitely an issue bigger than that surrounding everything with, um, how he parented us. And I think a little resentment there from my stepmom, just with the situation being what it was. But anyway, um, I moved out early, um, probably 17 or 18. Um, I met my husband kind of early. I was 22 or 23 when I met him, um, 25 when I got married and had my daughter by the time I was 26. Um, have two beautiful kids, and from that point on, lived what I would consider 
pretty much a fairy tale life. I it was more than I think that I ever really knew I could have or um I mean just perfect in every way. And I think it's when you have your own children that you kind of start to realize maybe what your parents didn't do right. <laughs> um it kind of brings that stuff to light. Anyway, when my son was nine years old, he got curious about history, his history and his um, his background. We grew up thinking, I grew up thinking I was um, Filipino and Irish and Italian and a few other things mixed in. Um, when my when my young youngest son or my my son became interested, we bought him for his birthday one year an ancestry DNA test and. Um, his test results came and they weren't, of course, like so many other people, they weren't really what uh, we thought that they would be. Um, he was like almost completely Irish, um, not Filipino at all. And, you know, we sat with that. We were like, oh, this is cool. Um, you don't know really how serious to take it and um, kind of put it to bed, I guess. And then the following year for Christmas, <laughs> I thought it would be a great idea to get everybody ancestry tests. So I bought them for my nieces and nephews, um, my parents, my step parents, and my husband and my daughter, and everyone took their tests. Um, and when my dad took his test, you know, he called and he was like, "This is really weird. Like, I'm not, I'm not showing up a match to your kids." And I was like, oh, that's weird. Okay, you know, didn't really think anything of it. I think, again, we just kind of folded it up and put it to bed. My, my daughter's results also were different than what we thought. Like, no one was tracing any Asian descent, Filipino descent, anything like that. But I, I think, I mean, this was two and a half years, or now it's going on almost three years ago. So I don't think it was as prevalent as it is now taking the test. And I don't think, like, we just did it for curiosity reasons. We weren't really tracing anything. So um, kind of just put it aside. My husband kept saying to me, though, like, you're the missing link. You know, you need to take your test. You need to take your test for months and months and months. And um, eventually I would order my test and take the test. And um, I got my results on a Wednesday in late March, three years ago. Um, opened my test, results totally different than what I thought, and my, I was looking at the matches, and again, I mean, the whole fascinating thing about this to me was really how, how our brains work, and how the human mind works, and how, <laughs> when you don't want to see something, how, I mean, that's trauma, right, how you, you're, brain like covers that up for you. Okay. So um, my dad wasn't a match for me either. My mom was, my kids were, I mean, everything else made sense, but that didn't. So I, you know, I found out on a Wednesday, I joked around about it for two days. Thursday I was walking around and again, going back to my parents, like, 
you know, getting married so young and having that house where all the friends hung out. I was making jokes, like some of their friends were like hippies and like kind of burnouts. And I was making jokes, oh, this is probably my father. Oh, that's probably my father. Like not really, I didn't really mean any of it. I was just being kind of funny. Mm -hmm. And by Friday, um, I called my dad and I was like joking around with him, completely joking. I mean, maybe not subconsciously, I don't really know, but I called him and I was like, um, hey, you know, I'm taking you on the Maury Povich show. And he was like, what do you mean? And I said, well, I got my, I finally did my ancestry test and I got my results and um, you're not a match. And he was like, oh, and he's like, well, have you talked to your mom yet? And I was like, no, and kind of joked it off again. Um, and he was like, okay, you know, that, that was kind of the end of it. And I think when we hung up, we both kind of started thinking more seriously about it. Um, I don't know if it was that night or the next morning, I started to get um, (laughs) messages from like distant cousins, like second and third cousins, um, two or three of them that were saying we were related. And I still wasn't connecting the dots. It was throughout that Saturday that things started to kind of resonate with me. Um, I'm, by the way, I was weeks shy of my 45th birthday. So, you know, I grew up my entire life, like everyone else, thinking I was one person. Um, And it was just really hard for me to accept or believe. Like, I grew up in this house with these siblings, and um, I just my mind couldn't grasp it. I think as the day went on, I started to kind of fall apart a little. Um, I remember my husband looking at me and saying like, this is DNA, like this doesn't lie. Um, And a friend of mine started researching that. I knew the name of these cousins that were reaching out immediately. I knew exactly who it was. Um, I wound up responding to one of them and saying, is, you know, is, is so-and-so one of my father's friends from when we when I was younger and they were younger um is he are you related to him and she said yes and it, I kind of knew at that moment that not only in a matter of three or four days did I find out that um my father wasn't my biological father but I also found out or figured out who it was um on Sunday morning I was a complete mess and um, my father had called me and said, have you spoken to your mother yet? I think he kind of was probably going through the same process on his side. Um, and I said, I just kind of broke down. I was like, no, I, I don't, I don't even know how to broach the subject. I mean, I don't have a very good relationship with her to begin with. It was mm-hmm. kind of a volatile relationship for a very long time. Um, she's not, kind of what I said before, she's not really capable of much. She was never a good mother. She, um, she was always very self-serving and did things for herself. And, and I had already been in therapy to kind of deal with all of that or try to deal with it. And, um, so anyway, he, my father said, do you want me to call her? And I said, yes, if you could. And he did, she didn't respond at first. Um, by Monday morning, she reached out to me, um, she did not take it well. I mean, 
like so many people that I, I hear in these stories, she, um, she kind of turned on me, um, which was okay with me because it, I think I kind of needed there. There's been a lot of stuff over the years. I kind of needed to see her for, for who she was. And this kind of did the trick for me. Um, my father was very much there for me. He checked on me every day. He was, um, probably reached out to me more than he ever had in, in my life. He was just, I think dealing with his own shock, um, worried about, of course, how I would react to it. Um, you know, it, it, when I started listening to these podcasts, and I, I mentioned to you earlier that over the summer in quarantine, I kind of binged them. Like I put this aside for a few years, which I don't know that that was the right thing to do. It was just my process. I, I had to put it down and walk away from it because it was consuming me and not in a good way. Um, and this summer, I kind of dove back in and listening to these podcasts was really good for me because um, kind of back to your opening I I hadn't dealt with it. I didn't really think I had a right to reach out to my biological father. I felt like a big part of me felt like I would be betraying my my birth certificate father. Um, I also had no idea that all of these support groups were out there. I didn't know about the Facebook pages. I mean, I kind of, when I found out, I sat on my couch for two months and I stared at the wall. Like it really, I mean, it breaks everybody, but it really... I I struggled with it a lot, and um, I think I just froze. I think I just shut down. And probably after a year, I was, that's when I said, okay, like, it's time to put this aside and move on, which I did. Um, but in doing that, I wasn't really dealing with it. Like, I always had the curiosity um, about my biological father. I knew who he was. I remember him as a child. Um, it was actually my my dad's best friend <laughs> who left very abruptly, kind of split town. Um, when And I should back up and say the morning that my father finally spoke to my mother about it, um, I had called him first and said, what was the conversation? And in that conversation, I said, could this be my father? And he kind of froze. And he was like, why are you saying that? And I said, well, I'm being recontacted by these people who are saying they're my cousins with the same last name. And he said, well, then that's who it is, like, undoubtedly. And he said, and that was my best friend. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, listening to the podcasts over the summer, I kind of started to question, like, it seems like so, and everyone has their process and I understand that, but it seemed like so many people, the first thing they did was reach out when they found out who it was. And I, I kind of really started to look internally and say, why are you, you know, why are you feeling so bad about that? Like so many people, that's their initial response is to reach out to this person and learn about who they are and where they come from. Um, and I struggled with that so much. I mean, again, I'm three years in now and only recently, again, because of your podcast, Lily, did I say, start to question my right to do that and kind of build my confidence. Um, I reached out to a great therapist who, you know, has experience in this and, 
um, she kind of empowered me to say like, this is your right to know, like, um, it might make things better. It might not make things better. Um, you know, you have to be prepared for any outcome, but, um, working with her after a few months, I finally wrote my letter and sent my letter. Um, and I know that he got it. Unfortunately, he didn't respond. Um, for now, I'm okay with that. I sent the letter, I think, in late November or maybe early December. Um, I thought that I would take that really hard, the rejection, but, you know, I try to keep in my mind, it took me almost three years to get there to be able to send it. So, um, you know, I have to respect his process and maybe I'll never hear from him. I, I don't know. Um, but I felt better having done that. I felt it was empowering and it was, um, it wasn't like it had been lingering in the back of my head for a really long time. So it was something that I had to do for me. Um, and it felt good to do it. I mean, you know, I don't really know what I thought the response would be, but I, and, and quite possibly it will come up again down the road. Maybe all my feelings will change and I won't be so okay with him not responding. Um, but right now I'm kind of at peace with it. It, it was almost therapeutic for me to go through that process. Mm. Um, so you waited almost three years. I did. Until, until you reached out to your biological paternal family. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's, I guess it's a little strange, like knowing who he is. Like I remember him playing with me. Like I have pictures of him from just my mom having pictures of their friends from when they were younger. That's, that makes it a little, um, unusual, but he does have kids. They're not, they haven't done ancestry or anything yet. I mean, and that's kind of the comical thing too. Like, I guess my mom thought, I think she knew, I mean, I'm pretty sure she knew and she hid it all these years. Um, it's funny to me, my, my birth certificate father asked me to keep it a secret, not to tell anyone. I have told my kids, um, I haven't really told many other people, but I almost find that comical, like my birth certificate, not response certificate father, not wanting people to know and my biological father asking or not responding. I, you know, yeah. we're all just an ancestry test away from this, like blowing up. <laughs> so, yeah. I, you know, I can respect those wishes, but I, I don't, I like, I didn't take myself off ancestry. It's there for as soon as someone takes a test, one of my siblings or, one of my siblings from my birth family, you know, this is, it's almost like a ticking time bomb, I guess. Oh, so. your brothers. So your brothers don't know. They don't know. No. And you were the middle child. Correct. Yeah. No, oh, that must be hard not to be able to talk to your siblings about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really difficult. It's, um, and I'll, I'll take that back to like, because I think I mentioned this earlier, my relationship with everyone in the house. Like, it's really funny 
I think what made me dive back into these podcasts and dive back into like exploring this more was the nature versus versus nurture thing started to really, for some reason, bother me. I started to really feel like you've been different from everyone your whole life. You've never really fit in. Like I've always felt that my entire life. Um, and it's funny, my husband's like, I've been telling you, you, you don't look like anyone in your family. I mean, it's so funny what we train ourselves to believe or what we tell ourselves when we're just given information. But I mean, it's also true. And looking at it now and knowing what I know now, it's amazing how, um, how much sense this all makes, you know, it's, I mean, I was raised by him and those are my brothers. I mean, they are my half brothers anyway, but they'll always be a part of me and I'll always be a part of them. But I am very different from my family in so many ways. And um, that was painful growing up. It was painful because you felt like you didn't fit in. And now looking back, I kind of see, you know, um, it, it makes sense and it's okay. You're different. You are different. You have a reason why you're different, you know, and it's okay to be different. It's okay to be unique and be yourself. And there's a good reason for it. And it's not your fault. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's, it's biology. It's amazing how that, how a lot of that comes to light once you learn you're an MPE. Do you think your brothers then they're, um, your dad is probably their dad, your birth certificate father. My oldest brother, definitely a hundred percent. Um, my younger brother, I question it, it can, it can go 50, 50. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how you really, I, I would never, you know, I'm trying to respect my father's wishes too. Um, I haven't really spoken to my mother after I con- not confronted her, but we had an initial conversation. She was she was not very kind. She was not very nice. Um, I had one other conversation with her a couple days later, and again, she wasn't very kind. She wasn't very nice, and then I never heard from her again. Um, she cut my kids off. I mean, she kind of went into hiding. So. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as far as my biological father, even that I kind of have resolved myself at least right now to, if he doesn't want to be a part of it, I definitely don't need someone else like that in my life. Like I just, (laughs) I have no room for it. You know, there's been enough chaos with all of this that I, I'm okay with it, you know? Um, And, and it's amazing that, you know, listening to this podcast, it's, so I'll say again, like I kind of put this down. I, I kind of feel like I was taught with the whole asking to keep it a secret in my mind. It was like subconsciously, like, you're not allowed to feel this. You're not allowed to process this, like put it aside. That was kind of the underlying message and keep it a secret, which was so unhealthy. When I started listening to the podcasts and everyone over and over and over again, they were describing the same adjectives that they felt disjointed, that they felt lost, that they felt disconnected. I mean, I could never put my feelings into words, but when I started listening to the podcasts and everyone was hitting these marks where constantly these light bulbs were going off in my head and I'm like, 
I kept saying, that's how you feel. This is what you're going through. Oh my God, they feel this way too. Like I kind of felt so validated and justified for stuff that I had been kind of pushing down and suppressing for a long time. Um, so, you know, I can't say enough about what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, it really opened up my eyes and helped me discover and kind of come to peace with a lot of what I hadn't been dealing with. Mm-hmm. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for what you're doing because I mean, I'm, I'm just recording them, right? It's everyone else in their own words explaining how they're feeling. And it's just a collection of everyone's stories. And what you're sharing today, someone is going to be in the same process. Maybe they haven't yet contacted their biological family. And yeah, everyone just putting their own words to their feelings is so helpful. So when you finally hear, oh, that's my feeling. That's how I feel. Yeah. To hear someone else explain it just it means the world sometimes. Yeah, it's 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 so powerful. It, I mean, for me, it was. And, uh, you know, I don't know how long I would have gone without um, acknowledging that stuff if I didn't hear it from other people, um, which isn't healthy, of course. <laughs> so are you still kind of taking a, a, a break? I mean, you, you did, you reached out to your biological father. And now, I mean, you're doing the podcast. That's a lot. That's huge. (laughs) You're sharing your story. Do you have any other, any other ideas, any other plans? Are you just kind of Um, living it by the day? I've done, you know, I've done the research on my family history. So I, I kind of have an idea of um, who's who from where. Um, occasionally I do have a, a cousin who reaches out to me. I, I feel really strongly. I mean, I believe that my biological father is still married and he has two adult children. I, I really want to, I want to be respectful. I don't want to ruin his life. I don't want to, um, you know, cause I I know what this was like for me when it happened and how disruptive it was to me, to my kids, to my husband, to my father. I mean, I, you know, it was a lot of pain that, um, I don't, I won't say it was unnecessary, but I would hate to be the cause of that to another family. I mean, this was shocking. It was traumatic. And I know that that would probably be the case to another family. And, um, so I, I would never want to reach out to these people reaching out to me. I've kind of just ignored them um, because I feel like he has a right to, um, if he wants to out himself or, you know, come clean about it, he can do that. Um, I do have a lot of questions. I, I think he know. I think he knew already. I think he and my mom kind of made an agreement to put it down, and and that's why he left abruptly and stopped speaking to my father. Um. So I, I think that conversations were had. I, I think he knows. Um. I have, you know, I in terms of my own life, I'm very fulfilled with. I'm very happy with my family and my husband. Um, it's become a bit painful sometimes to be around my birth certificate family. It's kind of like a reminder for me. So I'm still working through that. That can be hard sometimes. Um, 
and they don't know, right? Only my dad and my stepmom know. So it's like, that's in my own head, (laughs) but, um, I'm working through it and it's a, this is a process. It sometimes can take some people longer than others to get through it all. Will you ever, well, I think I know the answer, but, um, your half siblings from your birth father, would you ever, well, you won't reach out to them. It sounds like, but do you want to see them? Do you want to know more about them? Um, have you Facebook stalked them? That's what I want to know. I, I have. Oh, so I, I should put this out there too. This is like an eerie little thing that happened years ago too. So ironically, when they moved far away from where the town I was born in, they moved about an hour away, which is where I live now. I ironically live about 15 minutes from my biological father, (laughs) unknowingly. Mm -hmm. Um, But years ago, I was at the public library with my kids, probably a decade ago, maybe 11, 12 years ago, I don't know. And when I was checking out the books with the kids, and I gave my license to the librarian, she happened to be my biological father's wife, who was around at the time with all of this. They weren't married at the time, but they were dating. And I spent time with her. I was really fond of her as a little girl. Um, she saw my license and saw my last name. My maiden name was on my license. And she she looked at me and she looked like she saw a ghost. I mean, she just completely froze and her eyes welled up with tears. Um, and it was such an unusual, bizarre situation that I actually went to both of my parents after I separately, of course, but I was like, dad, you're not going to believe who I saw. And she had the strangest reaction to me. Like her eyes welled up with tears. She got really shaken up. And I also shared that with my mother because it was such an unusual um, moment. You know, so that, that always weighs on me too, thinking back to like, does she know? Do I look like him? Did she suspect it? And I looked like him. I, I mean, it was a really weird, um, wow. yeah, transaction. So, so that all is, I, I kind of am at a place where whatever happens, happens. I feel like I will be ready for it. I took my time with this thing and I know that it's not over. Um, I know that, as I said before, you know, I mean, my, any of my siblings on either side, my um, birth family or my birth certificate family can take a test at any time and question um, the results and why things look the way they look. So um, I'm, I guess, kind of patiently waiting. I don't feel like I need to take steps because I feel like it will work itself out in the end and what comes of it comes of it. Um, you are so patient. I I think that's the easy way out. I'm taking the easy way out, but, um, but it's worked for me so far. You know, I, I think, um, I think it has to play itself out. I, I don't want to be the one to initiate it. So, and, and he's kind of made his stance clear for now anyway, and I have to respect that. Um, My feelings could change tomorrow, but right now that's where I am. So. Well, I want updates if there are any, and <laughs> if people want to know more about your story, could they get in touch with you somehow? Sure, of course. Um, I have an email that I can share. 
Okay, go ahead. I'll put this in the show notes as well. Okay, it's jag983 at yahoo.com. Okay, hold on a second. That was jag as in jag? Yep. 983, okay. All right, I'll cut that part. Okay, um... Is there anything else you would like to share before we close? Um, I just wish everyone well on their journey. And I think I've learned um, slower than most, but that every single journey is different. Um, talking about it definitely helps and listening to other people's stories help. So if you're in the beginning of the process, um, you know, just be kind to yourself and listen to yourself and, Share if you can. Thank you so much, Sasha. Thanks, Lily. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.